Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Pipeline from CBS 4 and Fox 59. Here's Mike Chappell joining us. So I, I know that these guys could pass the, uh, the test and be cleared at any point in time leading up to the game on Sunday. But without valuable practice time, especially for Anthony Richardson, it does seem like today them not participating and not being cleared is, is that not a spotlight on Gardner Minshew for the start coming up on Sunday? Probably in Wesley French at center as well. Yeah. Uh, again, we, we've all talked about these, these concussions, which are just, you know, they're so hard to gauge. There's no, there's no, you know, timetable on cause everybody's different, but generally if you have a, a concussion on a Sunday and you play the next Sunday, it's hard. It's hard to play. I was looking at my stats that I try to keep, and I've had like 26 Colts have concussions since 2016 uh, on that seven week or that seven day cycle where you get one on Sunday and you play the next Sunday. And of the 26, three guys played. So it, it's it's in Quentin was one. It was Quentin Xavier Rhodes and Marlon Mack. It just it just it's too quick of a turnaround. And teams are just not screwing around with these, and, and they shouldn't. So and maybe even more so with, with the rookie quarterback. But I hate to say that because then it's diminishing Ryan Kelly's value. So it, it's really the, let's not push this. And, you know, they, they uh, Jelani Woods uh, got a concussion in the opener, and he passed. He went through protocol in time yep. for the game in Houston, and they kept him out. And I just have to believe – that a lot of that was was for his own well-being. So, yeah, when a guy doesn't practice on Thursday, now they, they can still do it. They, they can still go through protocol, but this isn't a, a veteran court. This isn't Philip Rivers, who, who knows the offense and can play without practicing or whatever. This, this is a young kid, and I just don't think they're going to mess with his his well-being, and, and they shouldn't. So, you know, brace yourself up for Minshew mania. Right, so Mike Chappell on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. This is going to sound like a really bad question, and some people are probably going to get pissed. But that's, I guess, just what happens on a Thursday show with Mike Chappell here. I, it, it, would you give more of an edge considering the competition in Baltimore, in Baltimore, maybe even a weather situation? Does it give the Colts with Menchu under center maybe more of an edge? And a possible upset than it would with Richardson, and nothing against Anthony, but just because they're that been there, done that mentality, is that a little bit more of an edge than that of Richardson uh, on Sunday? If that's the case, yeah. So you're going to put your money on the Colts and, and take the points? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. But I, I, I mean, no, I, I it, it just saying, would but, stand but, to reason because of the veteran play. Well, but but the problem is when you play a Baltimore, you anybody. You need to have those three or four or five plays that really kind of the, the, the big plays that, that open things up. And I just don't know that Minshew brings that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I keep falling back to Rick Venturi where he calls him a singles hitter, which you can take a however you want. But I think with, with 
Minshew, it's going to be up primarily the old 10, 12 play drives, which are hard to do. It just, it's just hard. And Baltimore makes it even harder. You know, if, if you've got a guy like Richardson, maybe he breaks containment, maybe he does that, and he gives you those three or four plays. The game's probably a lot uglier with Richardson because him being a rookie, but he still gives you the chance to make those handful of plays. Maybe Minshew does. I mean, uh, but it, it's just going to be difficult. And again, then you take Ryan Kelly maybe out of the mix as well. So I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I don't like their chances either way. Uh, although Baltimore's not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, they're kind of feeling their way as well with some injuries. But yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's, there's a lot of reasons to not play Richardson, primarily his health. You know, and now whether they, they think they let's say they're in there and they say, yeah, he's, he, he's passed it protocol and, and he can play. I just don't think they do it. And, uh, but I, I, if Minshew gives them a better chance, it's a slightly better chance. But I'd still, what, what's, the, what's the, the spread like, seven and a half or eight? I still don't think that's yep. enough. Yeah, it is uh, an even eight last check. At least that's what we yeah. did our Larsity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila shots on. Um, listen, it's weird, and sometimes I guess you got to do it. Are you monitoring the weather and, and what could take place in terms of wind and rain and such on Sunday? I know still a lot of time, and to predict that's going to be difficult, but is that something to, to look out for, I guess, as we march sure, towards they, Sunday? They do all that. I mean, they they look at everything, and, you know, then you can argue whether, you know, a, a sloppy field benefits either team or or neither team or just it, it, what it would probably do. It, it makes It's going to make it tough for each team, and, Maybe magnify the ball security, which is always always key. And Minshew's probably better suited to taking care of the ball because I just don't think he normally puts things at risk. But you know, once again, they need to they need to get some get some mileage out of Zach Moss. And this it's funny how they they go, they went from backs by committee to backs by Moss. <laughs> he was the only yeah. running back that took an offensive snap and that's simply not sustainable. They know that. Uh, but that in that situation, it worked and not having Richardson in the run game, it's going to make it even, even harder to, to establish that. So it, it'll be very interesting. You know, the, the, the good thing is that Minshew's been here before. It's not, you know, he, he's, this will be his like his 25th regular season start. So, and, and he's had, Decent statistical success as a starter. It's just that he's won like one of his last eleven starts uh, with Philly and and Jackson. Of course, Jacksonville was a mess his last year. So, uh, but yeah, he, he he'll he'll do well. He won't, you know, litter the field with with turnovers, and he'll keep him in it. And I just think it'll get to the point where the defense plays really well for a while, and then they'll get sort of worn down by the lack of offense and then things might get away from them, but uh, should be a very curious game on Sunday. So Mike Chappell, CBS four and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. Um, I, I remember back when, when I was young, I had this, um, this little toy called super toe, super jock, super toe. And you would line him up for a field goal straight on like Mark Mosley back in the day. And he would hit him on top of the helmet, and he would kick it through the uprights if you were lucky. Uh, we get a toe situation, right, with Quentin with Nelson you. right now. Something, yeah, and I, and I saw you mention this 
Is, is this the type of injury situation where he probably won't practice too much during the week, but will play every Sunday? Is this going to be hanging around for the foreseeable future? Probably. This might be one of those things that you rest, sit your rest, and then you go out and play 60 snaps, and you know, you're kind of back back where you were. Uh, and again, that's it's, it's not really ideal at all for a guy not to practice but this is a guy that that knows what's going on, and it, it, the, the, what might be more detrimental this week is that Wesley French may need, you know, working with with Quentin that he's not going to get. But uh, yeah, I mean, last week Quentin was no practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, and then he was full. And this week it's neither both days. We'll see tomorrow. I mean, there's always a chance that he doesn't practice tomorrow and, and he he doesn't play. I don't think that's the case. I think he plays, but you just have to. You, the, the hard part when it's a toe like this is you're gonna you're just gonna pound that thing every play. It's nothing you can protect. You know, I saw him in the locker room today and he looked fine. I mean, but I remember when Marshall Falk had a was it a dislocated toe? I think it was, and people got PO'd because he there were games he wouldn't play yet he'd go out and play golf. Well, it's it's you know it's two different things. But when you're a running back, when you're when you're a, a top athlete, and you can't, you know, maybe push off the way you want on your toe, it's different. But I think Quentin plays. But that's just it's just because I go on his history of he, you know, he's one of the guys that had a concussion and came back and played, and which means nothing about him concussions because all guys are different. But but I think he plays. But I but I do think this is going to be something where. It's going to be limited practice just because the only way to get this thing healthy probably is to rest it, and you can't rest it on, on the weekends. Here's a Mike Chappell who joins us a little bit later on. Adam Sandler tickets will give away. Going to listen to when that. Mike, by the way, joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, among the really nice things that went down, which were many on Sunday in that first win of the season in Houston, one of the negatives was the secondary play. And in particular, that of Daryl Baker Jr. Uh, where are they with him right now? Is that one of these situations where you continue to let him go at it and see what happens, or might they have some sort of quick hook on him if things continue to go erratically downhill as they did, especially in the second half on Sunday? Yeah, it's a good question. Now, part part of the part of only part of of the second half was they've got a decent lead and they're. They're playing more clock than they are aggressive yeah. defense. But but having said that, still, uh, they worked him over pretty good. And we were talking in in the press room this week that you know, and and, and people are surprised about you know about the the secondary. Daryl Baker, this is the first year he's played defense for crying out loud. So so of course, and they've told us all along. I mean, Gus Bradley, you know, when the guy, when the coordinator says, "Yeah, you know, we're young and we're, there's going to be growing pains," well, that that tells you everything. What we need to see is how quickly they can get Juju Brins up to speed. And you know, Gus even mentioned, you know, he just need he needs reps. Well, he's talking practice reps. And I would like to think that, of course, we don't we don't watch practice because of the league doesn't allow us. But I would hope that during these this week, next week, or last week, whatever, that he gets more reps and then he's ready to play because you took him in the second round for a reason. And then all of his all of his off season and training camp is just, you know, impeded by injuries. I think the hamstring 
is what bothered him the most, and, and it would not be fair to throw him out there without adequate, you know, reps. But then, you know, Jalen Jones. So it's just that we knew this. No one should be surprised that if if and when the secondary struggles, because that's what they went in to the season with. I think Kenny Moore's had two great games, great games. And then he's, he didn't practice today with the knee after practicing limited yesterday. It would not be nice if, if, if he can't play because then, then you're really inexperienced yeah. on the back end. So we'll see. But, yeah, it's, uh, let's see how long they stick with uh, DJ because I think it would probably coincide with when they finally get confidence in Juju Brands. And they need to get him up to speed because, again, they took him in the second round for a reason. What um, is there a, a curious case? You've covered this team since they got here in 1984. Is there a curious case of handling Juju Brents in the fashion in which he's been handled that you can compare to Mike in the past of covering this team? Anybody stand out in comparison? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, Bob Sanders. Remember, they took him and he had a he had a broken foot. Yeah, well, yeah. Hour. I mean, he was he was injured. That's one thing, but. This is yeah. this seems just well, but, like he's not ready for prime time. Well, but but Brent's came in here too with a with a broken wrist. Yeah, which, he which did. kept him out of the off season work. So, yeah, it, it's I'd have to go back and look, but but now it, it's hard to think of one outside of a Sanders, which they knew again. But you knew with Sanders and you knew with Brent's. You just they really expected Brent to be ready for training camp, and then I think it was a hamstring flared up, and they were really careful to not let that thing linger, and it still lingered uh but that's you know to say they didn't prepare for corner well they drafted three you know and then of course you lose isaiah rogers to the gambling uh suspension so it's just they you know in hindsight sure they should have signed a veteran when when they didn't you know when they found out the 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 indefinite suspension for for their only you know veteran experienced outside corner they didn't do anything other than, you know, well, they did nothing. So now they're going to have to kind of work through that. And, boy, there are just growing pains. And that's a position, too, that, that if you make a mistake, you know, it's it's six points or it's, it's 40 yards or it's a key third and 12 conversion. And, uh, you know, the, I think the defensive line's played really well. They've gotten decent pressure, not great pressure, decent pressure. But all it takes is one or two bad plays on the outside. And guys are out the gate, and that, that's that's the only problem is they, they knew this was going this was going to be an issue. It is an issue, and they you know they just simply need to get Juju Brands and even Jalen Jones more more up to speed to where they're comfortable putting them out there because it is right now you're sort of really hamstrung on on bodies that you trust putting out there against these uh, all world quarterbacks. Um, all right. Is there any point you think with this secondary situation? And I guess this is all dependent upon, you know, Kenny Moore and, you know, certainly Daryl Baker Jr. being able to play or, or, you know, getting pulled or whatever, you know, might they go out there and try to find, I don't want to say event. I know Bradley Roby like bounces around a little bit right now in free agency at that position, but might they be looking that direction? I know they brought in Trey Sermon, put him on the practice squad at running back, earlier this week, and obviously that probably you know was felt regarding what's going on with Evan Hall right now, but might they do the same as far as you know, maybe a name-recognizable 
uh, fit for this team at, at corner at some point here? Well, they might have to get behind Dallas <laughs> with them losing Trayvon Diggs today to an ACL. Yeah. Uh, I, but, but, but then let's say they do that. Well, then they're in the same – that guy's in the same boat that Juju Brents is. Juju Brents isn't playing because he hasn't got enough reps. Well, the guy you bring in is going to have zero reps. So uh, yeah. it, it, it seems easy to say, yeah, let's bring a guy in. But, you know, Trey Sermon, running backs can really play pretty quick. You know, I think a lot of times with those guys, the only real issue is are they in are they in football shape? You know, let's keep in mind that, and of course, this guy was a freak, but Edron really had no, no, no training camp at all, uh, and he goes in in preseason in one game and has goes crazy against the Saints, and then he wins the league rushing title as a rookie. I think running backs can do it quicker. Now, you wouldn't want him out there in pass protection, but corners. I think corners one of those spots that. You just don't plug and play. You just don't. And that, whoever you bring in, if you bring the guy in, he's even further behind than Juju Brents is. So I'm not sure that would solve the problem. But that's why Chris Ballard gets paid the big money. All right. Trey Sermon, is is that a possibility to be elevated to? And I, it sounded like last week Deion Jackson was on punishment considering all but one snap was taken uh, by Zach Moss, and by the way, it looked like Jim Brown compared to the week prior with that group of running back. It's amazing. With, with the 88 <laughs> yards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a big deal. That was such a big deal for me. I put that at the top of my list of things that went right and was productive that led them to that win is because it loosened some things up. Even with a bad team in Houston, if you could have loosened Jacksonville up at yeah. all – Yes. offensively at the run, that was already a winnable game. It was incredibly more winnable if you could have ran the football at all. Yeah, I won't be surprised if Sermon, if not this week, then, then next, uh, get, gets elevated. And, you know, Maybe it happens this week. It's simply not good when you've got two of the running backs active and the only time they get on the field is, I think, was three combined special teams plays. Uh, but, but, you, but you cannot keep making Zach Moss your only running back. I mean, Edron James came off a little bit. I mean, not a lot. I mean, he was he was the, the one-back offense, you know, to the extreme. But you just can't keep having one guy be the guy. And I, I wonder what it would take for them to entrust important carries to Deion Jackson. Again. I mean, 14 for – what's it, 13 for 14, I think it was? And, and yeah. he had two fumbles. And he had two fumbles. And he dropped a pass. It's just, you know, you hate to just harp on that. But when you get your chance, you, you know, if you're not going to, you know, seize the moment, don't, you know, really ha- have such a bad game. And sometimes you don't get that opportunity again or it takes, you know, an injury here or there to have it happen again. So uh, I, I won't be shocked, surprised if, if Trey Sermon – is active, even though it's going to be, uh, you know, at such a short a short time. Because, again, I, I harp on it. Running backs, I think, can do it quicker than other positions. Hey, Mike, before I catch you loose here, uh, there's a lot of what-ifs um, and just some stuff I brought up at the top of the show. Have you allowed yourself to think about if, again, there's no Richardson and it is going to be Minshew, which it looks like right now, and he goes out there and plays well, and somehow they squeeze out a win. Don't what uh, Monday? What Monday is going to be like as far as who should be 
the starting quarterback. I, I don't view it as a quarterback controversy if that happens because I know what they need to get from Richardson. But we're talking about a fan base that has been starved for any productivity, any positivity for a long time. How much are we going to hear that if indeed Minshew plays well and maybe they do spring a road upset in Baltimore? Good for Gardner Minshew, then Richardson's your quarterback. I, I just I can't go there. I, I, I I'm on those islands with you sometime. Most of the time, this one you're on that you're on that by yourself. There's no food. There's sharks around. No, it, it no. No matter what happens, it, well, if nothing else, let's go back to what we said all along. The kid yeah. needs to play. He needs to play. And I've said from the start, I thought Minshew would give them a better chance to win a game or two more than Richardson because he because yeah. he's been there. And he, but he's got to play. And if if he's passed the concussions and that's not an issue Monday and Tuesday next week, and he's out there practicing on Wednesday, no, you go you go with him. And and then if Gardner wants to mumble, you know, when he goes home at night, you know, I, I could win some games. Okay, fine. This is this is all about Anthony Richardson playing when he, when he's healthy and getting reps and getting better as the season goes, and then next year he's really in tune. Yeah, if you if you want to go there with Minshew mania, I I can't be there with you. So Godspeed, buddy. Oh, that was a hypothetical. By the way, our good friend Rick Venturi is listening right now. And, I, and he told me he told me about my my Bradley Roby reference. That was just me bringing up just random yeah. like available cornerbacks right now. And I told him it was probably a, a crappy example right there. But he, but he is listening. I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for his response right now from my what if scenario on Monday. So and I'm sure he'll have one and like you know he'd say he'd throw some obscenities in like are you crazy or or what are you talking about as only Rick could do. So I keep saying. I wish I had him here every day. He is oh, such, yeah. he is such a blast to talk to about this. We'll, we'll sit there because he's camp and, and just yeah. shoot the ball and all this. And he is a, a you know his his knowledge is so deep and all that. So and again the fact that he and I agree that you don't take guards at number six. Uh, so, yes. But uh, yeah, I, I just I, again go, go back. This is all about getting riches and better, and that's reps and. Minshew only plays this year to me when Richardson can't. And when Richardson can, he needs to play. No, and, and listen, that's my take too. I just know that if if what I presented to you yeah. actually happens, then that conversation will be stratospheric d- d- coming d- up got, on Monday. You got a topic so. for Monday, so good for you. You got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all day to day. Whatever topic is Monday, we'll worry about Tuesday on Tuesday. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, a part of Dusty and Danny Sirius XM, Channel 84, weekday 6 until 9 a.m., cover three pod as well, cbssportshq.com, and, of course, betonline.net. Former quarterback Danny Cannell joins us. I was taken by this, Danny. Thank you for joining us. Um, your follow-up 
to an X or a tweet, if you will, of some video of Deion Sanders, because Deion Sanders clearly is the hottest topic going on anywhere, especially in college football right now. And it was a game in which you were quarterbacking the Giants where you said, Jim Foster, your coach, no, 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 we're not going to go away from Deion. We're going to go right at him. And after that was a bunch of Deion Sanders highlights in that. My man, that's a thumbs up for dropping that in there. That's well done. Oh my! Who's who's? What's Dion up to nowadays? Anybody kept track on him? Anybody know <laughs> yeah. what he's doing? No, wait, wait. Oh, very quiet. You know, quietly, yeah. quietly living a suburban life in a college yeah. town in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, exactly. No, that is a true story. One hundred percent true, though. Leading up to that game, I was starting quarterback for the New York Giants. We had put in our game plan. We were installing it. Jim Fossil pulled me aside, and he. I mean, he literally was giving me this hype talk. I think Dion was probably nine, ten years in the league, so he was a seasoned veteran. Maybe even Jim Fossil thought he had lost a step potentially. And he was, you know, Dion at that time was multiple pro bowler and was like, you know what, I think we can go right at him. And, of course, that backfired uh, dramatically in that game. It might have been the quarterback throwing the ball. might have been a problem as well uh, because it wasn't exactly elite arm talent in the NFL. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was quite the night to remember 25 years ago tonight. Pretty wild. So you're a you're a young quarterback, you know, trying to get acclimated in the NFL. Right. And you're quarterbacking yep. on Thursday night. You're quarterbacking the Giants. What was your response when Fossil said, hey, I want you to go right at Dion? I mean, to be honest with you, you kind of like it. I mean, I think players in general love aggressive mindset. Hey, let's go for it on fourth down. Let's go for two. Let's attack the best player. And I do think at times that is the right mindset to have. I mean, we punted it to him. As you mentioned, he had the punt return. We weren't going <laughs> to yep. die away from that one. You know, he flipped around, had a 55-yard catch on offense. I appreciated yep. the mindset. I just, and, I, and I think at the time I was probably like, yeah, I believed in my receivers. I believed in my teammates. So I think, you know, the competitor in me probably, you know, ill-advised was like, yeah, sure, let's do this. And I listened to my coach, so we tried to go at him. And, of course, uh, you know, history, uh, of course, spoke for itself. And Deion Sanders has never disappointed. I mean, you talk about somebody who has a way to rise to the occasion, both as a player and now as a coach. It is pretty phenomenal to watch. Yeah, it is, too. And, you know, very few can back up nearly everything they say and, you know, all their actions. And he's just a guy in nearly every setting who's always been able to do that. And and it's, it's amazing for somebody like me that's been a sports fan for so long and, you know, trying to back up you know, playing on a Tuesday night with a bunch of dudes in jean shorts is difficult enough for me, but this dude can back up nearly everything as a player, as a coach. It's, it's been amazing and continues to evolve in an amazing fashion. And there must be something in that blood, in that Sanders blood, because it runs in the genes. Because I thought it would be challenging for Dion as a coach, because a lot of great players aren't good coaches, and it's very frustrating for them because they can't, they can't really get across their point. They don't understand. You know, it gets very frustrating. I think especially players that like to talk a lot of trash, you know, like Dion can't get out there and suit up. Like I remember hearing stories about Steve Spurrier, the Florida Gator former coach who was a Heisman Trophy winner. He would actually say, give me the ball during practice and start running seven-on-seven drills because he got so frustrated. (laughs) Like you want to take the field and Dion can't as a coach. And I thought that would frustrate him, but man – 
not only is Shadur lighting it up at the quarterback position, but how about his son Shiloh, who had the pick six yeah. on the national stage the other night? They have a knack, an unbelievable knack to step up on the biggest stages and back up the talk, which is awesome. It's uh, Danny Cannell joins us, betonline.net. We're going to talk about some games here. One would be Colorado and Oregon. But if you want to backpedal here, I mean, TCU, offensively, what they did to really spark all of this national interest that we see right now. And then Nebraska, they hammered last week, as you mentioned, against Colorado State, that back and forth they had with Jay Norvell in that rivalry game that took place in Boulder. But then now without Travis Hunter, you you go to Oregon, a top 10 team in the Pac-12 coming up this weekend. Size up that matchup, and will the magic continue, or maybe will it be downsized a little bit this weekend against the Ducks? Which Disney one was the one where the, uh, where the, uh, the carriage turned to a pumpkin, right, and the princess slipper? Cin- like the, the, Cin- that'd that'd be Cinderella, I believe. Yeah, Cinderella. Cinderella story, all of them have to come to an end, right? The clock strikes midnight at sooner or mm-hmm. later. I do think this is where it does come to an end, like the incredible aspect of the story. And I feel like it continue. I feel like Dion can be a great coach, but I do feel like there's a disparity, especially in the trenches along the offensive and defensive line. Like if it was seven on seven, I think it'd be a phenomenal game. Like go back and forth if it's flag football, but we know it's tackle. So I'll give you a little stat to put it in perspective because as well as Colorado has been playing, Shadour Sanders has been running for his life. I mean, he's been sacked over five times a game uh, this season. And on the flip side, Oregon has only given up one sack on the season. Like, they are doing a phenomenal job protecting their quarterback, balanced attack. Um, They haven't given up a turnover. They haven't put the ball on the ground or thrown an interception all season long. And I think that's in large part due to an offensive line, which is doing a phenomenal job blocking for Bo Nix who is on, you know, the other quarterback for the Ducks. And I think the Oregon defense will be the best one that Colorado has faced yet. I think they'll have Shadour running for his life all night long. I think it is the time to kind of fade the Colorado hype, the story, and go ahead and take the Ducks, lay the points, and go with the favorite to win here in Eugene. And by the way, I think every college coach in the country is secretly and maybe even some of them openly rooting for the Ducks to blow out Colorado because not only are they sick and tired and they're jealous of the attention that Dion is getting, but they want this to come to an end because it's basically a free infomercial, which is basically making Colorado a destination spot for every recruit in the country that's watching. And then oftentimes some of your players who would love to go play there, enter the transfer portal and go to Colorado. So they want this thing to come to a, a screeching halt as well. It's uh, Danny Cannell who joins us. It is very reminiscent of Dion in Atlanta. And at that time, if you remember in the, the early 90s when he was in the NFL, he had that connection with then the hottest superstar on the planet was MC Hammer. And yeah. Hammer's on the sideline and all that was going on. And th- this is, to me, vaguely reminiscent of – Dion as a player when he had, you know, that type of superstar entourage with him on the sideline. No doubt. I mean, when the rock shows up, who, by the way, yeah. the rock is a Miami hurricane. Like he played football at the U <laughs> and he's up there going, yay, everybody come to Colorado. I wonder how Mario Cristobal, the head coach of the Miami hurricane feels about that. He had four different rappers, both 
which is kind of wild. He had some current rappers and kind of like 90s era rapper. I'm curious to know where MC Hammer was. He wasn't there. But like he had <laughs> star NBA players, Chauncey Billups, Kawhi Leonard yep. are at the game. Like there is a star quality to Dion that is magnetic and makes people want to hang out to him, uh, hang, hang out with him and actually come to these games. It is absolutely wild to watch this unfold. And unlike anything we've seen probably since then, the only thing I can kind of relate to it is the Tim Tebow era when he was, I don't think in yeah. Florida, because in Florida he, he was winning national championships. When he was in the NFL, there was a big debate, and I think it's similar now, like could Tebow play NFL quarterback? And there were a lot of believers. And, boy, if you criticize Tebow, they came after you. Like they hated yep. you. And I think it's very similar where if I say right now, like I'm telling you, I think it comes to a close. I think they, need, they lose not only this week but next week. There are haters. Oh, you're just a hater. You don't know what you're talking about. He's a great coach. I just I think the the hype has kind of reached a point where it it exceeds the actual accomplishments on the field, and I think it's about to come back to reality. But man, his fanatical following, much like Tebow's, does not want to hear it, and they will fight for their you know leader. It's almost like a cult like following with Dion the way it was with Tim Tebow. It's uh. Danny Cannell with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. We'll stay in the Pac-12 for a moment, too. And, you know, not talking about USC, but I want to talk about Washington because here in Indiana, there are a couple of really strong IU connections. Michael Penix, a quarterback, Kalen DeBoer as their head coach. And I know that they're getting some notoriety, but like everything else in college football right now, everything takes a back seat to Colorado and Deion Sanders. Are we talking about the Huskies enough in terms of what could be further down the road? No, we're not. We're not talking about a lot of teams that are accomplishing great things because we're so consumed by the Deion conversation. I have a fun fact for you. I covered, okay. Indiana, I covered an Indiana Hoosier football game between Indiana and Ball State, I think it was 2019, I believe was the year, and Kalen DeBoer was the offensive coordinator, and Michael Penix Jr. came off the bench in that game. And I remember talking to Kalen DeBoer about his young quarterback and how much he raved about his skill set. And I remember watching him being like, yeah, he's got a great arm, really good athleticism, and what a career path he has taken and Kalen DeBoer where once DeBoer left to Washington, I, I really liked the hire that he, uh, when he was out there. Uh, he went to Fresno, I think, first, right? I think he went to Fresno first. Yes, and then went yeah, out he was the head coach there, yeah. So, which is kind of crazy how in that quickly of a time period, we have, you know, full circle moment with these two coming back together. Penix, of course, dealt with injuries, dealt with a poor Indiana Hoosier team, and then everybody wrote him off. And then they reunite, and they have this magical season last year. And then this year, they are off to an incredible start. I think quietly, they are having the most impressive season of anybody in the country. And I would put that over Texas, over Florida State, over Georgia, over Michigan, Ohio State. They have looked close to perfection, the Washington Huskies have, in every single game. And that includes, you know, wins a blowout win over Boise State, who's a pretty good, you know, group of five team all the time, pretty good brand. And then what they did last week against Michigan State was absolutely off the charts. I mean, going into East Lansing, I think a lot of people said, oh, that could be the time when, you know, Washington has their first real test. Well, 41-7, to absolute blowout of, you know, of those, uh, you know, of Sparty. And then once again, Michael Penix throws for 473 and four touchdowns. He's averaging 444 yards a game. 
That is insane when you think about the numbers and the domination, 12 touchdowns, one interception. People will start noticing here pretty soon, uh, you know, when they start turning their attention out west. I don't know if it happens, you know, probably the next two weeks they play Cal and Arizona, but then they have the Oregon Ducks on October 14th. I think that's when people really start turning their attention to the Washington Huskies and Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, it was the uh, it was definitely the uh, the 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 COVID season. Uh, the Penix and and DeBoer stepped up and then got Tom Allen here at IU. Yep. Yeah, got him. They got him the extension, and now obviously things aren't going as well. Hey, I got a quick thirty seconds. I did want to ask you before I bail here, Danny. Thoughts on Notre Dame and Ohio State on Saturday night? Well, I tell you, I like the I like the Fighting Irish in this one. Uh, you know, home underdog in this situation. I mean, last year this game was lower scoring, right? Twenty one ten. Notre Dame was held to two hundred fifty four yards of total offense. But guess what? They didn't have they didn't have a quarterback. Now they do. Sam Hartman yep. has really opened up this system, so I like him. And I think their defense, which held Ohio State in check last year, I think they do enough this year. I like the Fighting Irish in this one. Danny, I always love talking to you about any form of football, and especially college football. BetOnline.net is where you can find Danny. Uh, BetOnline.net and, of course, Sirius XM Channel 84, weekdays 6 until 9 a.m., the Cover 3 pod, and CBSSportsAQ.com. Danny Cannell on what is now known as X, the formerly known as Twitter, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Danny, have a great weekend watching it. Next time I have you on, I want to get your thoughts on Anthony Richardson, hopefully we'll have a little bit more uh, to, to talk about once uh, that time occurs. But jump back on here, Andy, again, whenever you can. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Tell him to get down. Get down and protect his body. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. No See, you, See you, Danny Cannell right there. BetOnline.net. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Joining us now, I can't wait. He's been on the show before, and he's going to be a part of Farm Aid with the Jim Ursay Band coming up on Saturday at Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. In fact, I believe Jim's band goes on around 549 or so. I love the fact that we're helping out the farmers per usual in Farm Aid uh, of rural, uh, certainly Indiana, and then of the nation. You know how much I feel about that. And just one of the greatest drummers of all time. Kenny Arnoff joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Hey, Kenny, thank you for the time. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. Thanks for bringing me on. Anything Indiana, I love. Well, we love you, my man. And it, this goes back, I mean, all the way back, obviously, the 20-plus the years you spent in, in John's band that made such an impression on us absolutely forever. And I'm kind of curious, with the Jim Ursay band, and, and this is something you've been doing with, with Jim and, and that group for a while, how's that going? Oh, I love it. Are you kidding? Here's the deal. Jim, Jim is a passionate passionate lover of music but like at the deepest levels this guy sees like not the just the a sides but the b sides the c sides of records he he really lives and loves music as much as he loves football and and jim and i have known each other for 35 years and um you know you know his family my family used to hang out all the time so this is just such a wonderful 
type of thing that he's created and he's facilitated this incredible uh, band and events, you know, you know, showing everybody his incredible museum of collectibles. Most museums, you know, they're brick and mortar and you got to go there. But Jim wants to show it around. And the next level is like, well, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got like Gilmore's guitar and he yeah. brings it on stage and lets, you know, like Kenny Wayne Shepherd play it. Most people, if they have a museum, you know, they take a guitar and they put it behind the glass. You can't touch it. No, Jim wants these pieces to be used and played, bring them back to life. And I love that. I mean, Jim is a, a beautiful man, and he is his gen- generosity and his desire and love for music, as well as football, um, is, is brought all these great musicians together, and then he brings it to the public, and he's doing this for free. Nobody has to pay. You show up and enjoy what Jim has to offer. I mean, come on. Kenny Arnoff, just one of the greatest drummers of all time. He's going to be a part of the Jim Ursay band. And and you mentioned this, Lucas Oil Stadium um, earlier in the month and and then prior to that in the summer in in Boston, um, up there as well at the TD Garden. And and really, it's awesome the way that he maneuvers, you know, folks in and out. Like Ann Wilson's been with him. You guys uh, played, I think, the last two dates, did you not? With Peter Wolf of Jay Giles' band, he played in his hometown of Boston, then here again at Lucas Oil Stadium. As a musician at the level in which you are, Kenny, that has to be even extra special to be able to do this stuff that brings the fun back to you. I mean, you've been doing this at such a high level for so long, but this just to me seems like a really good one hell of a time, if you will. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've, I'm, I'm the most viewed guy on Access TV, and I've done so many huge events, like, you know, the, 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 the amazing producer, musical director, Don Woods from Was On Was, and he and I just, he, yeah. he's on my podcast. I have a podcast called The Kenny Aronoff Session. You can go on YouTube. It's Kenny Aronoff Official. But we talk about these big events where you have, like, 20 artists, you know, let's say honoring, like, uh, Greg Allman or, you know, uh, whoever is Johnny Cash or Merle Haggard. And Jim has kind of created that sort of same thing where you bring these great artists like a Billy Gibbons or a Kevin Cronin from, uh, you know, REO or Vince Gill or Stephen Sills or, uh, you know, um, Peter Wolf, who was amazing, uh, Ann Wilson, a buddy guy, and it goes on and on. And, oh, my God, it's so exciting. I'm still, you know, I'm still a kid in a candy store. I just love it. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, not one of those guys that you set it and forget it. I am just as into what I'm doing as I was when I was, you know, 27 years old. I love it. I love it. I, I, I'm born to be this guy. I'm a workaholic. I'm the type of guy who wakes up in the morning and loves what I do, but I'm the type of guy who does not want not. I do not want to turn the lights off at night because I'm loving what I'm doing. And Jim Ursay has is, is, is facilitated this incredible, you know, situation where you get to play with great music with great musicians. Hey, Kenny. Brent Holverson here with Heaven Hill Brands. How are you, man? I'm good. 
Good. Hey, well, a couple things real quick for you here. It's an honor to talk to you. I'm actually from Seymour, Indiana, so I grew up in the uh, uh, the era, right, back in the day with uh, John and you guys and the boys. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned Don Waz, right? Like, in the, I'm a big deadhead, right? So I'm a big Bob Weir guy. Oh, wow. uh, they're playing the slot, bef- the slot before you guys, uh, right. right before you guys come on. Will you guys be doing any kind of collaboration, possibly? No, but I just, Don just texted me. And I text them back. I, I'm in uh, New York. I just gave a speech. I do uh, corporate speaking, motivational speaking. And we were going back and forth. And I said, Don, I can't wait to check you out, man. And Don is on my podcast right now this week. Uh, well, today, Chris Angel, the, the famous magician, who was at the uh, yeah. stadium at Lucas Oil, you know, uh, last week or was it last week? And um, a couple yeah. weeks ago, right before yeah. the kickoff of uh, the Jackson, uh, you know, the Jags and uh, against the Colts. But um, Don was is amazing. And, and he's, he's hired me for so many things. I mean, just to name a few, Bob Dylan, Iggy Bach, uh, uh, Elton John, um, Bob Seger, and on and on. No, we won't be collaborating, but I'm going to be on the side of the stage watching him. There's no no question, and and we did that, we did farm aid together in Indianapolis million years ago, and we both I played with his band was not was, and we both played on with Iggy Pop, and I think Iggy Pop kicked Dick Clark accidentally in the ass, but maybe he didn't. Well, maybe it wasn't accidentally. <laughs> but what was funny? No, no, what was funny is he. I don't know what he said, like, you know, he swore or something, and it went right to commercial. That's <laughs> 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 classic. You know, I know, classic, I know. But anyway, uh, yeah, Don will be there, it's great. I just had him, he's one of my deepest friends, wonderful man, super talented. You got to check my podcast, because he starts talking about, uh, he was like broke, completely broke. And I hooked up with him, on the Iggy Pop record in 1989, uh, and he went off to the Grammys, you know, and he won two Grammys. He didn't expect it. He won it for Nick of Time for Bonnie Raitt, and Bonnie Raitt's career was kind of like done, but that record won Grammys, and then he also won a Grammy for Love Shack for the B-52s, and then all of a sudden, his phone was ringing, and he was calling me to do every record. Well, he uh, at the time too. I think they they had was not was. I think they created that that album right at nearly the same time with Spy in the House of Love yeah. and, and and all. But that that album represented oh, yeah. back in the late eighties too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what was that? Um, yeah. Um, Walk the, the dinosaur. dinosaur. Walk the dinosaur yeah, was the the eighties yeah. classic of theirs. Yeah. 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 I mean, Don was trying to produce. You know, he says it on the podcast. He was living off of his credit cards. You know what? Everybody I I interview on my podcast, like a Bill Burr or, you know, uh, uh, Lita Ford or Kevin Cronin, Barrio or uh, Joe Bonamassa, you know, on and on and on. Everybody, D. Snyder, everybody struggled. Everybody was down to the last minute, last second, and then something happened. And the, the takeaway from all of it is these people all were addicted and were in love with their purpose in life, the, the, what, the things that made them 
joyful and happy. And that was the fuel that made them work hard, be self-disciplined and persevere. And that was the end of that. You know, they, that's what it takes to be successful. Nobody's born successful and success doesn't land in your lap. And, um, you know, zero equals zero. If you do nothing, you get nothing. These people are the examples of they did everything and they never stopped because they love what they do. Such a great thing, too. And, you know, seeing Don Waz and Bobby Weir together, Bob, Bob Weir and the Wolf Brothers and the Wolf Pack, right? And Don is just, he's up there. He's kind of creating that vibe. And it's amazing to see him do that. And I love yeah. hearing that story uh, that you're just telling him about him right there. I do have a question for you. What is what? What is you? What are you listening to? What do you? What do you? What's your favorite uh, music that you listen to now, past, present? What? What do you? What's uh, What's on your stereo? Well, everybody's always asking me that because I am always trying to listen to the music that I have to record. Listen, I got off the Joe Satriani tour. I had eighty songs to learn, eighty, and I write everything wow. out. So I'm always like listening to what I like right now. I got to figure out how I'm going to learn uh, 12 songs to record for a movie soundtrack. I, I, right now, I'm, I'm at Kennedy uh, Airport, JFK in New York, flying to Seattle. I fly to Seattle. I have to give a speech tomorrow. I have to do a sound check at 11 a.m., give a corporate speech tomorrow, then get on the Jim, one of Jim Murray's jets, fly to Indianapolis, land at 2.30 in the morning. Then I'm going to be focusing on those songs. And I wow. fly after the show. Fly after the show on the uh, 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 you know farm aid. I fly right back to India. I got to get learn twelve songs for a movie soundtrack. So I'm, that's what I'm listening to. What I have to learn, and I have twelve <laughs> songs I have to record. In October, I've got it's nonstop for me. So I write every note out, every single note out that I have to record. I rehearse it a couple of times. I go in the studio. Two takes, I'm done. Move on. Next, next. So I don't have a lot of time. But if I were to have time, I always defer to, you know, my favorites, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, you know, um, Steely Dan, Stevie Wonder, um, the new stuff. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to listen to new stuff. When people tell me to check something out, I do if I have time. But usually I'm like pencil in hand at one in the morning learning the songs I have to learn to record the next day. Oh, the legendary Kenny Arnoff joins us. He's part of Jim Irsay's band, Farm Aid, coming up at Ruoff on uh, Saturday afternoon. They'll be uh, on stage late Saturday afternoon. Hey, before I let you go, you mentioned your schedule. Are, are you guys going to hop a plane after the show and go to Baltimore and watch the Colts and the Ravens? I figured oh, that I may be on your to. schedule. Oh, I would love to. No, i got to fly home. I'm flying to Dallas, Texas. Me and Ann Wilson are going to be on uh, Jim's jet. Uh, we're landing in Dallas, and then we landed in uh, California, and I got to start learning all these songs for this movie soundtrack. But I would love to be there for the the, uh, the Ravens. I just hope Richardson's playing for the Colts. He should be. He, he's uh, he's in, in good health, and he's a bad mofo, and I, I love that we have Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Kenny Arnoff. Hey, Kenny, I love talking to you. How many uh, farm aids, by the way, does this make for you on Saturday? Because I know you've been a part of it with John I, I don't know. over well, the years, I too. Started, yeah. I mean, when I, I was with John, we started the first farm aid in 1986 in Champaign, Illinois, and I was there until I left John in 96. So 
that would be maybe 10 farm aids. And then I did a farm aid with John uh, Fogarty up in uh, at the World in Chicago. So that would be, if it was 10, that's 11. This would maybe number 12. Awesome. Great. Hey, Kenny, can't wait to see it. And uh, you have uh, safe travels. I'd love to have you back on again. Again, Kenny Arnoff hey, Sessions guys. Podcast. Yeah, and you got great podcasts. We love those, too. I'll get that out to folks so they can check that out as well. But, Kenny, man, thanks for being cool to the show, as always, and coming on. Of course, dude. And I hope to see it permit. <laughs> and you can call me anytime to come on the radio. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Kenny. All right, buddy. Take care, guys. Bye. It's uh, Kenny Arnoff right there. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, you guys want to do some Larson Bourbon Locks and Ludo Zilt Tequila Shots. Week number three, live from Joe's Grill. Cue the band, James. Let's go. Larson Bourbon Locks. Luna Azul Tequila Shots starts tonight. Levi's Stadium. The fly is open at Levi's tonight. Ten-point favorites of the Niners, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL, and get the Giants in there right now, one and one on the season. You know, Thursday nights are really weird, Brent. I just don't think they're weird enough for me to back up selecting the Giants in any form or fashion right here. Lay that big, fat number 10 and give me the Niners, sir. That is a big fat number, but you're right. I mean, this is uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup here. Again, probably the best team in the NFL right now, San Francisco 49ers. They have all their weapons out there going. Their defense is stout. Giants are without Saquon Barkley, we know. Matt Braid is not going to be the guy. Danny Dimes doesn't really have it. I'm going to join you there, John. Give me the uh, 49ers. I'll lay the 10. I look for a 20-point 20, 20 win. What do you got there, Ryan Miller? Uh, looking at the spreads this week, this is a, one of three different games that's a double-digit spread. That's It seems big for week yes. three, so I figured I'd ch- choose one side and go with it. And between all three of these double-digit games, I'm going to have to go with the big boys. We'll stick with the San Francisco 49ers. You know, the, the, the Titans are survivors. I mean, they are. You know, and nothing really jumps off the page and goes, oh, wow, the Titans but they just seemingly survive. They are four-point underdogs on the road at Cleveland coming up this weekend. I'm going to go ahead and take those four points. Give me the Titans on the road, Brent, against the Browns. They are survivors. You're absolutely right. And Cleveland still, to me, has not done what you think they're going to do. Deshaun Watson, he still doesn't look like he's kind of fully knocked all that rust off. They lost Nick Chubb. That's a big loss. However, that'll segue into the Lunazul shot of the week. Jerome Ford, as everybody probably you knows, you've got to grab him if you can. Everybody in the world's picking that dude up right now. 16 carries for 106 yards and a TD. Dude looked pretty good, but it's not going to be good enough. I'm, I think Tennessee, give me those four points. I'll take the Titans to cover. Miller. Yep, I'm sticking with the Titans plus four. Chubb going down last week's obviously a big uh, issue, but Browns just can't do enough to be able to keep that four points up. Larcy Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul, Tequila Shots. All right, Falcons and Lions. How about Atlanta being a surprise so far this season? And Detroit got a letdown in overtime against the Seahawks last weekend. Three-point favorites at home in Detroit. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the number and take the Lions. And for my Luna Zul Tequila shot, how about Sam Laporta? Um, Jamison Williams has been missing time. I think the first six games of the season he has a suspension. And it seems like Laporta is getting a lot more attention, a lot more focus offensively. That is my Luna Zool tequila shot of the week, Brent Halverson. Yeah, it's a great pick. I think he's going to be a stud long-term, too. So dynasty-wise, it's a great guy to look into. 
Hey, you're right. The Falcons have been surprising, right? Falcons are tuned. They beat our Packers in the last minute of the game last week, and it was hard to watch. Green Bay won that or was leading the whole game. Atlanta comes back. They had what it took, and uh, Koo, Koo kicked it through, right? So that was uh, unfortunate, but uh, I don't think they're going to do it here. I think the Lions, I like the Lions. I know the Lions are Montgomery's questionable. That's going to be a little bit uh, uh, issue there, but I think, uh, I think they've got what it takes. I think the Lions' firepower is big. I think it's going to be a pretty good-sized game here, good shootout. Give me Detroit. I'll lay the three. Troy Miller. Yeah, Packers last week, we, it was terrible. We laid down 12 points in the fourth quarter yeah. uh, going into it. and You weren't it happy about it, were you guys? Uh, we screwed up on both sides of the ball, but I don't think the Falcons can do that again. I think Detroit's going to take them by three. A lot of screwing up going on last week in terms of the uh, two Packer fan guys right here, but one-and-a-half-point favorites at Lambeau against New Orleans. I'm going to go ahead and lay that one-and-a-half. Give me the Packers at home, and not because I'm a Packer fanboy, Maybe because I'm sitting at a table with two of them right here. Brent. Hey, I like it, John. I mean, I like this number, too. You know, I mean, the Saints didn't look. I watched them the other night. They didn't look like they had all the firepower. They pulled out the win late in that game there. But uh, I think Green Bay's got uh, some good stuff going. Watson's probably not going to be playing. I think Aaron Jones will be back, which is huge for us. Give me the Packers. Lay the one and a half. Go Pack Go. Miller. I wasn't sure about Watson and Jones. I looked that up earlier. It looked like Watson took some r- runs today, but Jones did not. That's what I was reading. And then Watson, well, no, it was the other way around. Watson okay. is off, and then Jones did practice oh, well, a little bit. Okay. Well, either way, I'm really excited about this game. Uh, this home opener, too, right? Yep, home opener. Packers, That's it's right. going to be nuts up there. It's absolutely insane all across uh, Green Bay and Lambeau. I think one and a half. Is that what you guys have or two? Yep, one and yeah, a half. One and a half. Oh, I think this is a wonderful game. Packers all the way. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool, Tequila Shots, Week 3, Joe's Grill, 116, Brooksville Road, and Fishers. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're following along at home right now. Texans, we're miserable. Texans lose their home opener to the Colts last week. Jacksonville disappointing, losing their home opener to Kansas City last week. Jacksonville, eight and a half point favorites. I'm going to take a level of disappointment over just a crappy team in general. I think C.J. Stroud is going to have a really good afternoon against that secondary of the Jaguars, but not nearly enough. Lay the eight and a half. Give me the Jags at home. Brent. Yeah, this is a tough line, right? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I like CJ Stroud. I, I like I too. You're right. I yeah. like him. I like what he's done. And uh, Nico Collins, my Lunasville shot time. of the week last week. Yes. He came out big. He big put up time. 26 points in fantasy. He and Stroud were the only two guys that could do anything against the Colts. Oh, last you're week. absolutely right. Everything else was inept. I, I think, you know, again, this is a big number here. It was kind of an odd number to see here, but I'm with you. I'm going to take Jacksonville. I hate laying that eight and a half in this spot, but I'm going to do that as well. Give me Jacksonville Jaguars, lay the eight and a half. Miller, talk to us. I'm going to go against you guys just on this one. I just don't think the Jaguars have enough to cover all eight and a half of those points with the Texans. They, they, they could absolutely obviously do it, but neither team has shown anything special enough for me to say this line deserves to be that high. Oh, the Broncos last week had a lead. It failed. Then they hit on a Hail Mary and could not get the two-point conversion in which they needed last week and then ultimately lost. Now, what's funny about that is uh, there was a blatant hold on that two-point conversion that should have been called. It was not. Uh, Sean Payton's team now on the road against Miami. Uh, This is bad news. Six-point favorites, the Dolphins at home. I still think the Dolphins need to add a piece, and we can argue whether or not if that should be Jonathan Taylor one of these days, but the Dolphins are offensively legit. Now, defensively, they've got some issues there and, you know, something kind of in the pages of National Enquirer, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the point totally. The points, I should say, the six points I'll lay. Give me the Dolphins at home, Brent. Yeah, you know, the Broncos, again, they, they stumbled both, both weeks here. They looked a lot better than they did week one. 
Uh, they, 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 last week, they looked a lot better than they did in week one. I think going to Miami, Miami, a little bit of questionable with Jalen Waddell, if he's going to be playing or not. Yeah. I still haven't heard that's kind of a big deal. I know Hill had a couple issues as well. But uh, you know what? I love Miami in this spot. I think Miami's got the firepower. They're tied for second and most points scored out the first two weeks. Give me Miami, John, and let's go ahead and lock this one up. This is the Larson lock, lock of the week. Miami Dolphins lay the six. Ryan Miller, I'm going to stick with you. Broncos have just not shown enough. They've lost a game by a point, then by two points. I mean, they're getting close on those, but I think this week they're actually just going to get blown out uh, down there in Miami. All right, here's the reason why I'm going this direction. You get the Chargers and Vikings. The Vikings, one-point favorites at home, and the Vikings have been disappointing. Tommy, yes, sorry about that, no doubt. But maybe the largest disappointment has been the Chargers, and I think well on his way to becoming an ousted coach uh, is that of Coach Staley with the Chargers right now. I I don't trust it whatsoever. I'm going to lay that one. I'm just going to take the Vikings because they're at home. And it just seems like more times than not, this talented Chargers team – is a mess, and that's going to end up falling on the shoulders of the head coach at some point here. Hey, the one positive thing in this game, John, is uh, somebody's going to get a win, right? They're both sitting at 0-2. Somebody's going to win this game. I think this is going to be a shootout. I love the over in this game. I think you're going to see a Justin Jefferson 200-yard-plus game. Uh, Jordan Addison, I think he's a stud out there That's somebody you ought to look at as far as Luna's old tequila shots. Oh, he's a stud. Absolute stud. I am going to join you here. I'm going to take Minnesota being at home. A lot of money switch, too. The money was uh, on the Chargers. They opened up a one-point favorite. They're now a one-point dog. I'm going to lay the one with Minnesota. Give me the Vikings. What you got, Ryan Miller? I'm just going to bet with my heart and what I want on this one. Uh, two own two teams. I do think the Vikings have a probably the better shot of this, but I am personally going to take the Chargers for my buddy Tom Sutton. Oh, bad start. <laughs> <laughs> bad start for the Patriots so far. The Jets... Zach Wilson's just not going to be it. Um, he got lucky in that opener. Uh, no doubt about that, the way things went, especially the way Josh Allen was playing with the Bills. Uh, not so much luck here. I think there's going to be a breakthrough of sorts. That breakthrough is going to be with New England on the road. Two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Jets. Lay the two-and-a-half. Take Belichick's crew to break through on the road this weekend, Brent. Yeah, this is one of those games, John, I personally will not touch. This is a game I won't yeah. even watch. I don't even want to watch, Right. right? But you know what? I, I honestly think, you're, like I say, you're sitting, you're looking at this game, you're thinking, you, you got Zach Wilson, right? You always bet against Zach Wilson. I tell you, their defense is tough. If they get Brees Hall and run him like they should, they can control this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to take the Jets plus two and a half at home, as always, in a two-and-a-half-point line by the half point. I can see you're not going to touch that. Why we wouldn't want to touch that right there. All right, what you got, Miller? Uh, yeah, week one, the Jets came out. They got it, ended up with a pretty fun game uh, the way that worked out. And then the following week, Zach Wilson did exactly what we expected him to. And I think that's what we're going to see for the rest of the season. I'm going to stick with the Pats. Hey, the post Daniel Snyder era has been a good one so far, right? For the commanders and the bills come to town. I, I wrote off the bills last week. You know what? They're just not as good offensively as they should be. They put up 38 last week. So, Hey, shut up nerd is what they said to me. <laughs> six and a half point road favorites in Washington. I'm going to take that plus six and a half rent. I'm going to take the commanders at home this weekend. What do you got? Yeah. You know, they're surprising, right? Sitting at two and oh, Sam Howell looks pretty good. Yeah. They got a pretty good, decent squad. I think the bills are starting to get a little juju back though. I think Buffalo is going to go in. They're going to cover this game by a touchdown. I'm going to take Buffalo bills, lay the six and a half Miller. Commander's been fun and surprising. Uh, they might be able to hang with them, man. I'm going to take the plus six and a half with the Commanders, see if they can at least cover that spread. Marcy Burbelox, Luna's Will Tequila Shots, Joe's Grill, 116 Brooksville Road. We're in Fishers, week three. Uh, the Panthers can't do much. 
And now already Frank Reich, their first-year head coach in Charlotte, is being asked if he's going to continue calling plays. So you got some negativity circling around. That's not going to help this cross-country venture to Seattle. Seattle didn't look good in their opener against the Rams at home, losing. But they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay that six-and-a-half, Brent. Give me Seattle at home. Yeah, I think it's a good call. You got the red rifle looking like he's going to quarterback for yeah. uh, Carolina. I just saw come out. So, you know, he's going to be a little it's true rust there, right? Right yeah. on the head. Yep. Uh, I'm going to join you, though. Give me, uh, <laughs> give me a little Seattle Seahawks. Lay the six and a half. They came back last week and uh, actually looked pretty good, winning in overtime, 37-31 against the Detroit Lions. I'll take Seattle. Lay the six yep. and a half. Miller. I'll take the Seahawks going back home. Six and a half. One of those big fat numbers, 12 and a half point favorites, the Cowboys on the road at Arizona. You know, Arizona at times, I mean, they've been competitive. We've all written them off. They have been competitive. This one kind of worries me a little bit. Letdown-wise on the road for Dallas and a competitive team that's not supposed to be. However, I'm going to go ahead and lay the 12 and a half, which is a fat number. Give me the Cowboys on the road, Brent. This is a fat number on the road, but you know what? The number one high-scoring high uh, team in the NFL is the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, putting up 70 points in the first two weeks. Their defense looks stout. As, as much as it pains me to say, they probably are the best-looking team in the NFL right now with San Francisco. I just don't uh, – Arizona, you're right. They've, they've been hanging in there. I, uh, I'm gonna, I, uh, it's tough. I'm going to lay the 12-and-a-half. I'm taking Dallas. Uh, same thing. Ryan Miller. They've been doing well on both sides of the ball, being at home, even some <laughs> of the surprises I've seen out of Arizona. <laughs> What's up, Tommy? <laughs> so, some of the surprises we've seen out of Arizona, you know, small sparks of life, they'll not be enough to be able to stop this Cowboys team. Cowboys 12-and-a-half, huge line. Steelers, Raiders. Uh, yeah, the Steelers offense, it's a struggle. Their defense – just continues to be stout as hell. High Smith, Watt up front, getting it done. They're on the road against Las Vegas. Two and a half point favorites of the Raiders. I'm going to take that two and a half. Give me the Steelers, maybe for a, a slight bit of a wake-up call offensively. And I think Pickett and Pickens have something going, but there just needs to be a little bit more robust on that offense. But still give me the Steelers, Brent, on the road. You know, Steelers' defense actually won that game they for did. them the other night, and they, they looked pretty good. Uh, Vegas, they got they they got some work to do yet, but they're going back home. That big, beautiful stadium of theirs that uh, my lovely wife and I, Lisa, will be heading out to for the Packer Monday night game in a couple weeks. I'm going to the Super Bowl that. with Bullseye of Ingram. Well, com, you one up me yes, right now. Yes, hey, right, I, I, I just felt like it. Yes, I, I felt you. like it. You guys can all go with me. We'll, <laughs> well stay in the same it. room. There we go. Love I'll it. sleep on the floor. I'm going to go against you on this one, though. I'm going to take the Raiders, laying the, just just shy of this uh, field goal. Give me the Raiders, lay the two and a half, get the cover. Miller. I'm going to stick with Brent on this one. Two and a half by the Raiders. Steelers aren't going to be able to do it on the road this time. Oh, Patsy Klein had a song. Seal had a song. This called Crazy. <laughs> Both really good songs. Incredibly different eras. But this may be crazy. you got the Eagles defending NFC titleless four and a half point favorites on the road at Tampa Bay. Not a lot known about Tampa Bay, yet they're getting the job done so far Give me that four and a half and give me the Buccaneers at home this weekend. Brent, what do you think? Yeah, I just don't see this one, John. I, I love is it. Crazy? It is a little crazy. Seal, you're, you're, spot on. You're, you're, you're spot on on all yeah. that, but you're off on that pick. Okay. I think Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to cover this four and a half. Uh, again, the third highest scoring team in the NFL to date for the first couple of weeks. Philadelphia Eagles, they cover this. They win by yep. seven plus. I love me some Monday night double dips, by the way. Too. I do, too. I do the overlapping double dips. I do, too. Uh, it gives me a bit of a sports arousal here, fellas. Ryan Miller, what do I, you got? 
I don't know how the Buccaneers have been getting it done, but they did. Uh, I think this is the end of that road, though. I think uh, Jalen Hurts is really going to come out and put a lot on him this game. Uh, Eagles four and a half. Rams and Bengals at some point, because this has been, historically speaking, in recent history, the Bengals getting off the slow starts. I don't know if this is different, but three-point favorites at home are the Bengals. I'm going to go ahead and take those three and give me the Rams. I, I mean, it's just... Maybe it's still the Bengals winning the game, but, man, their offense does not look at all trustworthy to this point, and we have seen the Rams do a little something in week one on the road against Seattle. This got me thinking. So give me the number. Give me the Rams, Brent. Yeah, you know, the Bengals, they've looked horrible. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and, and Burrow's dealing with that calf injury, so we don't know what that's even going to really entail. But they have not looked good. The Rams have been putting up some points, though. Like you mentioned, I think, uh, again, they're, they're coming they're coming uh, away. They're a little bit of ways, but they're going to be a big primetime game there. I'm going to take the Rams with you, John. Give me the plus three and a half. I look for them to win outright. Miller. Ooh, wow. Going for the outright going win. For the outright I like call. it. Yep. Uh, well, I had a circle. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go against you and go with the Bengals. See if I can't. Get ahead of you on some of these numbers. Who day? I don't have a lot. I don't got a lot of reasons why, but here we go. Larsi Bourbon Locks, Luna Zulta Kiva shots. Oh, do we? Did I miss that? You missed that one. Oh yeah, man, I, Bears, I, sometimes I do that. Don't I thought you were coming. I thought you were here for you, John. We're here for you. Bears Chiefs. Maybe it's because of the Bears. The Bears have been more of a soul proper than anything else so far, and certainly that's not leading to winning on the road against Kansas City. Thirteen point favorites at home are the Chiefs. Uh, the, the Bears' heads are spinning, I mean, collectively right now. I don't think there's any way they're going to be close. And if there's a matchup where I'd lay that 13, it's going to be right there. Give me the Chiefs in crappy arrowhead. Brent. Yeah, this is a, this is a <laughs> tough one right here, and you're right on crappy arrowhead. Oh, I hate Lisa went to the game there. We stayed what this a toilet. Play, the All-American Inn 45 it's a, minutes away. It's a toilet. It, it was bad. It was that bad. was great. I love arrowhead. It's a toilet. Anyway, this game here, I, I still don't think the yeah. Chiefs had the firepower that we're used to seeing, but Kelsey's back. That definitely made a big uh, difference last week. I think you're going to see a little different Bears team this week after no. after Fields speaking up a little bit, getting back to what he was doing last year, letting him run the ball, design some more run plays where he can get out and kind of break free. I'm going to take the points in this one. I'm going to take those ugly bears from my buddy Jim Romanak. Plus 13. Oh, Give me the Romy. bears. Shout out to Romy. What you got there, Miller? I'm sticking with my double-digit games. Uh, take the Chiefs. Take the big winners. All right. We know the situation as it stands right now regarding Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly, the concussion protocol, the no practice. We know that. And we know Baltimore is, if not the best team in the AFC, certainly one of the best in the NFL going right now. A home game, eight-point favorites of the Ravens. And then you factor in what might be on Sunday with the weather conditions. They are calling for, at the very least, remnants of a tropical cyclone, which is weird to me. I didn't think you said cyclone unless you were in and around Asia. I don't know. (laughs) And we're not. But anyway, uh, I'm not a weather guy, so maybe I'm wrong about that. But I am a sports guy, and I missed last week. Everybody Everybody in the world got the Texans and the Colts except for me. This one, I think, is a little bit more clear. I think it's going to be a struggle. Even though it's Menchu Mania, if it is, um, and the weather is a factor, I'm still going to lay the eight. I'm going to take the Ravens at home on Sunday, Brent. Yeah, and again, this one you got to watch. Who, who is going to be quarterback? Yeah. I think that really is a big deal here because of that weather. A little bit more mobile quarterback with Richardson. He's shown a lot in the first couple it, games, and he looked great. Is, yeah. it, is there an edge you might give if it's Menchu? Well, I mean, can you honestly say – because of the experience and, you know, this environment, whatever, is, 
Can you give an edge over somebody in Minshew's case that's never done it before like Richardson? Is that fair? I, I, I mean, possibly you could. I mean, I just think when you're looking reaching. at this, you're, you're, you might be a little bit. I may be but again, Minshew's been, he's been a great fill, and he looked great last week. Like I said. That second was, quarter, it was magnificent. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Magnificent. He's just not off. as mobile as uh, yeah. Richardson is, and we've seen a lot of that in those first two games before he went down. I think if Richardson's playing, I kind of lean that way. But, however, I don't know that he's going to. I still think Baltimore is one of the best teams out there in the AFC that has not done truly what you thought they would this year yet. I think they cover this eight. I'll take Baltimore. Miller. Sadly, I uh, hate to say it, I'm going to stick with Brent and take Baltimore. I'd love to see the Colts come on surprise us yeah. again. That'd be amazing. But I don't think they can cover it. I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. If Minshew's the starter and they end up winning, what Monday might be like around here. I love watching Minshew so much when he does well. He is yeah. so exciting but when and, he's doing well. And there it's is just a, the consistency of There's doing another well. side of this. Sometimes when he does it, it's not yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Which yeah. like with anything else, yeah. I guess. I hey, like that dude, though. I really like oh, him. No, he's, he's fun just, as hell. Yeah. Man. Well, he, he talked up he Mystic Waters amped. Campground he once. Did. So, yeah. He did. We got to get mean, him back out he, there. He made a big-time fan of you right then and right there. All right. right. Again, as of going into week three, what are we right now? I started week one, two games over 500. I think I took a bit of a nosedive. Last week, yep, you're sitting right. at fourteen, fifteen, and three. Again, we had feet. three pushes last week, so you're 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 game south of five. Where are you right now? I'm a couple of games below you, John. I'm oh, sitting wow. at twelve and seventeen, so I'm not. Uh, we need to step up our game. You know what? Again, absolutely right. We've got uh, we've got uh, sixteen weeks to go, so let's uh, let's turn it up from here on out. Right, and Miller. Mr. Miller, how did I end up in one week? After week one, you were uh, seven and nine. Hey, so you're sitting right there. Yeah, we suck. Standard. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm up this year. <laughs> Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.